That was uh, a intro than normal because we haven't done a good one in so long. We needed that. I know. <laughs> no kidding. The the ring light reflections on the mugs. They're always they're precious, aren't they? That's nice. Lots of fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh it's it's Wednesday morning. It's idiotic. And this week it worked. Big thanks to everybody who who joined us last week with their with patience as we had our technical issues for the what was should have been the first episode of um, of season one, four, I guess, of this. Um, Reverend Sarah, if you can't see or hear anything, maybe do uh, a refresh on your browser. Um, not that you can hear me. <laughs> now you've got it. Yeah, yeah. So you can't see or hear me. So now I'm just going to talk out loud and tell you how to fix a problem that you can't actually get the info on. Oh, my gosh. That feels like a metaphor for something, doesn't it? Ah. Uh, Boy, oh boy. Oh, she can see it now. She can see it now. Yay, Sarah. Excellent. Oh, we are boy. laughing this morning, and thankfully, because yeah. that is, happens to be our theme today with our fantastic guest, Christy Atwood's with us. Hey, Good morning. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> oh, and we're so happy to have you here. Um, and, and we were speaking in the green room ahead that... Um, and I think I'll just flag this for the folks in the chat that, you know, laughter. So bring your best dad jokes um, or mom jokes, as, as it were, um, into the chat today. But, but Christy, yeah, Christy, you haven't been with us before. So uh, maybe give us a, a quick introduction to yourself, a bit of a bio background, those kinds of things. So people know where you're coming from. I'm a very formal person, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I, uh, I hey, I'm, I'm Christy Atwood. And I came from a background of radio and television. Oh, good. You did the, the, the serious face. Yes, I came from radio, television, uh, got, got out of television when I realized I had a face made for radio, uh, stayed in radio for a while, kept going back and forth, but also kept doing workshops. And uh, so I kind of came through it, that back route to the world of training, as so many of us did. Uh, and in between all of that, I also uh, happened to be a stand-up comic. <clears throat> and I was so good as a stand-up comic that I'm now in training. So uh, it just—it all just kind of led me here. So I love learning and development because uh, the crowds are a lot nicer than they were in the comedy clubs. <laughs> and sober—that uh, helps. Yeah. Uh, well, you think they're sober. I mean, <laughs> then again, there have been some that I hope weren't because of the way they acted. But you know, you work with what you got. <laughs> Very cool. And you're joining us from Louisiana today. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Where I hear it's a, a cool, dry, breezy day. Oh, uh, of course. It's always cool. No, it's not the heat. It's the <laughs> stupidity. It's the humidity. Uh, we, uh, it's, and right behind a hurricane that we had through here. So it's like you walk outside and, you know, you, you have a good hair day for about three seconds. That's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, have, I, I, I know that feeling. Uh, you look gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that fascinates me about the idea of, of laughter as our, our topic today is that it, we have a real problem, I guess, with or a real avoidance of, of humor and, and those sorts of things in a lot of the ways that we approach training. We get so focused on, uh, on, on content and factuality and um, et cetera that... Um, that and it feels also like maybe laughter or humor in, in more broader terms is also, um, you know, something that comes with with risk too. So you know, we often kind of avoid it. Plus, I don't know, maybe maybe trainers aren't funny. Maybe I don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think most of us have a little bit of humor in us, whether we realize it or not, mm. just to live through the sessions that we do. But it's true, though. You know, it's, it's this whole thing of trying to remind people that, yes, you can take your topic seriously, but not yourself. Mm. You know, learn to lighten up a little bit. Um, like we always talk about, okay, there are three types of, of students in any classroom that we have, right? We got the hostages over here, <laughs> people who were voluntold to come to this class, and they're so thrilled, right? And, and you got the, the people who are uh, the vacationers, you know, they're just so glad they're not at their desk. They don't give it in, you know? <laughs> and then over here, we got the active, engaged learners. And then we're just trying to figure out what combination of drugs they're on because we want that. Uh, but so our whole time in our classes, we're, we sometimes find ourselves being really serious because we're trying to work with these hostages and get them over uh, to that, that other side. And, and I find that it's a lot more effective to use humor in those situations than to try the, to be the big, strong, you know, I'm, I'm the professional, listen to me. Uh, yeah. that, that doesn't always work as well. Um, so I've, I've really found lots of different ways to help get some of those hostages over to the other side. And I just think that a lot of people would be able to benefit from some of those ideas. Hmm. Um, is it something that when you were starting your, your work in training that you were um, conscious of having to work with? Or is it something that you kind of evolved your thinking along as you went along? Good question. Good question. I used to keep my humor compartmentalized, almost okay. left it outside the door yeah. when I came into a training class. And I think that a lot of us still do that. Uh, but it was one of those things where you, you start getting a little bit older, uh, excuse me, seasoned, and mm -hmm. you start realizing that I can bring all of this stuff from my life. I can bring all these. These are the lessons that make me stronger as a person who is teaching others or facilitating classes or workshops. And, and if you bring that with you, you're more of your authentic you. And that's going to kind of allow the people in the class to bring their authentic selves too. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's a lot of fun to watch them start responding to that. Mm -hmm. and, and what you've said, I was gonna say what, you, what you've just said, it touches on a, on a, few, a number of things. I think, um, you know, bringing experiences, well, that moves us into or, or includes, um, you know, even just telling stories or, or, or the aspect of storytelling that uh, um, sharing experiences becomes a storytelling aspect. Um, when you're when you're planning a session these days, are you are you intentionally looking for ways to bring humor in? Or does the humor slash laughter come in just because it's you and you've got kind of that impromptu kind of aspect of things? You know, that's a really good question. Of course, that's what you do, right? Um, yes. So it's like, uh, for me, one thing that I do with some of my conversations is I actually mind map where conversations could go. And by doing that, thinking about, you know, what could they say about this? What could I, I start realizing what stories from my past I could use in this one. And it really it helps me seamlessly sneak in some of those stories or some of those lessons that I think would be interesting for folks. Mm hmm. That's very cool. And Trish is noting, you know, the, the little bit of humor and laughter makes it safe and comfy for learners to share, too. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and you use the word um, authentic. And what I was thinking earlier, too, was the stand up at the front expert. Um, that's like authority versus yeah. authenticity, right? Yes, very much so. You know, it's sort of the difference. Um, I used to be in one of the speaker organizations, and I remember the big thing they taught us was on the way up to the podium, don't say anything. 
get to the podium, and this was the big secret that uh, speakers had, get up to that podium and you stop and you stand there for three seconds and you smile and you look around and it shows, yeah, yeah, write it down. That shows your authority, you know, your, your authority and that you're so good. That is great when you're trying to be that big professional speaker. But for me, I started realizing early on that even in the classrooms, when I would go do keynotes, I would sit in the audience. And so as I would walk up, I'd be talking to people and, and cutting up as I went to the podium. And it was great because I was bringing the audience with me to the mm -hmm. podium. And it suddenly made us connected. And that, that became a much different feel. That's why all my, even my keynotes are interactive because I don't want it just to be me. I want to bring them in as, as the stars. And that works really well in the virtual classroom too. Mm -hmm. I'm finding now that uh, leaving the room open and just sitting there and talking to people as they come in, you're getting them more comfortable with it. And by the time the class starts, all of a sudden you got a group of friends you're having a class with. Yeah, as opposed to um, a barrier then, you know, the formality of, of a, like in the virtual world, we have a screen, which is kind of like the frame of, of a stage, but there's a, you know, potentially a curtain uh, because of that stage. So, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. yeah, Kim's noting we're... during trainings, I let parts of my inner child come out to play. That's cool. Oh, Kim, that's, that's what I live for. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those moments when you realize, I just did that. <laughs> but it, it makes it so much easier for the people in the class to be able to be comfortable and do that stuff too. And, and, and right now, you know, we're dealing with a lot of people in classes who are very uncomfortable because of the virtual world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we think, oh, they're just, they're just being a pain in the rear. No, you're looking at a lot of people who are like my age, which we, we're not talking about, but, but who are older mm -hmm. and, and they they were so good at what they did. They could rule a room. They, you know, even as trainers, we knew we could go stand by that problem person and they would be quiet. You know, you had all these tools that you could use. And what do they do? Here we are, Lord of our sandbox, and they change the sandbox. <laughs> and so now here we are in this virtual world. So a lot of the people that we have that we think are really hesitant about wanting to learn or wanting to come to classes are kind of embarrassed that they're having to learn a new tool. They're uncomfortable. And so they get defensive. And this is just a great way for us to start making them feel more comfortable. And humor does that so well. I mean, for my first slide of some of my classes, I actually have it where they can draw. Uh, I teach them how to use some of the tools and I show, let them draw pictures on the teacher's face and things like that. Uh, just silly things so that it's a non-intimidating way to learn the new sandbox. Yeah, the uh, the the flip side, though, is I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that are just like, you know what, Christy, I'm just not funny. How can I be funny? <laughs> Count on your students. They are. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, there are questions you can ask and come up with your own back pocket questions that automatically get people talking in a funny way. And you will see that you're even funnier than you thought you were. Because there's always those people in that class who want to be able to uh, to show off a little bit. Great. If it makes the class more effective mm -hmm. and it makes them talk to each other more, fantastic. And besides which, I cannot tell a joke to save my life. I am <laughs> terrible at that. It's all observational humor for me. Uh, I, I mean, I you know have a couple of back pocket things that I use for hecklers because I still expect those even in the classroom. But, but you have fun with right. it. So if you're... Um... <clears throat> If you're afraid to, so uh, in certain situations, there's that fear 
of um, offending, for example, uh, depending upon the class or, you know, it's just, um, it's just not, it's not working. How can we help folks alleviate that fear? Yeah. Yes. And that is so, so prevalent nowadays because we're scared to say anything about anything. And, and that's, that's natural. The thing that I find is it doesn't have to be about anything. Kind of like Seinfeld, I guess, a show about nothing. It's a, it's a humor about nothing. And, and just finding those things that we can talk about that are comfortable. And you can start gauging your room a lot better, too. Um, so, it, yeah, we just, I, just, I just stay away from all of those, those topics. And I make it, you know, at the beginning, I make it understood that, oh, no, no, there's no politics in here. There's none of that stuff. We're not, you know, and I also make sure that they understand this is Vegas. You know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Okay, this is Vegas. We're going to keep everything that we talk about in here. And one of the things I'm going to have you do, too, is if you have somebody you have a challenge with, you do not use real names. Everybody we have a problem with, we will call either Fred or Ethel. Once again, showing how old I am, because yes, that's from my <laughs> love, Lucy. But that, and so through the classes, that's what we talk. We complain about Fred and Ethel. And that in itself, it doesn't seem like it'd be a funny thing, but the more times you refer to that through the class, it becomes a running gag. It's not really humor, but it happens. It mm. works. A lot of times, too, I think people don't realize that it's not, it, a, a, humor doesn't have to be words right like there can be you can be funny by just being really good at a dramatic pause and saying nothing at particular <sighs> moments right <laughs> i love that one yes there are those people who give those answers and you go oh <laughs> you don't have to say a word <laughs> yes it's it's very true just a pause and looking at someone can be the funniest thing for the rest of the class you know and you're not having to say anything you're not having to pull them back in line it just makes it it takes it from uncomfortable to funny. Yeah, I like what uh, Alicia said here in the chat. If you can't rely on your own funny, be warm and inviting. I like that. There's a oh, great now there's a quote. We need to save that one. Yeah. I will recycle that one. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is good. Uh, oh, the worry that failed humor is worse than not attempting the humor. If it's canned humor and stuff like that and you're not good at it, it probably won't come across that way. That's why I say make it authentic. Make it the things that are are funny to you, that are that have appealed to you, you know, just anything that you talk about. Just if it's real, it's it's funny. And if it's funny to you, great. Sometimes your humor is gonna bomb. You know, it happens. Mm -hmm. It's better here than in a comedy club. They're much better. <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing is in training, people don't usually expect humor. So they have a much lower threshold. You know, it's like they'll laugh at anything. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> They're desperate for, for something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were expecting this class to be so dry and boring. You're awesome. <laughs> That's exactly. And it's like, all I said was hi. <laughs> you know? Welcome to yeah. class. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Trish says, Lucy. Mohammed's <laughs> uh, um, asking, and I think that relates a little bit to uh, what we were talking about, about, uh, you know, areas to not go maybe, but when should I stop? Uh, you know? Uh, if, yeah. And, and you don't want the humor to take over the topic. You've got to be sure that you're still getting your information in there. And, uh, and so 
yeah, there's times to, to pull back and say, uh, this is some serious stuff. Let's, let's look at this, you know, however you need to phrase it, uh, you know, just some way to pull it back when you need to. But there can be that underlying feeling of just comfortable, fun, and it doesn't have to be out and out humor. It doesn't have to be out and out jokes or laughter. It's just, yeah, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like a musician kind of takes uh, listeners on a journey, right? And you are, you're always trying to you you have songs that take them to a peak, and then you have songs that bring them back down a little bit and mellow them out, and then you bring them back up to a peak again, and then you have a big crescendo at your concert. I think as a performer, as a trainer, you are a performer. And you have to kind of feel the crowd like you can't have you can't keep them up here at this level of funny throughout the whole class. You got to once you once you've hit something and the whole class is howling, that's kind of your cue to go, Okay, let's get serious now or else the next thing that you're expecting to be funny isn't going to be so funny because they were just done laughing really hard. What a great way of describing it, because you're right. It's a it's a roll and flow and you don't want to stay up here the whole time. I think I, I read it in a book. I no, no, it's yours. I believe you. <laughs> but I, but I do. I love that, and that's what we're trying to do. It's just the natural way any conversation would go. Just like what we're talking here. We'll we'll get into something silly, and then we're back down talking about, you know, mm-hmm. other stuff. Brent has a lifetime of concert studies that he's been uh, performing. You know, working on an entire. Um, you know. Even before he was in training, he was a professional concert studier. I That's like what that. I do. Yeah. That's what I, we do. I like yeah. that. Want to write a book together? <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, be oh, I will. I, I do have a funny story about that. I I, uh, I hired a woman to be a keynote speaker when I was working for the Guild. And I told her, I said, you wrote my book. And I was really... <laughs> I, uh, she was a an ex radio uh, DJ from you know the heydays of the you know seventies and eighties, and she uh, she wrote a book about you know transitioning um, all the stories that she learned about talking to rock stars and how you, everybody can apply those things <laughs> to their regular life and to their jobs and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, dang it, that was the book I always wanted to write. Was you know. <laughs> How how, uh, how to do all that kind of stuff, because I kind of grew up with it. But she was hilarious. She was a fantastic uh, keynote, but she brought the funny. But, of course, she's a DJ, so she like she knew kind of how to go with that ebb and flow. And so she was just a natural. Mm-hmm. My days in radio definitely taught me, you know, a lot of things about being able to carry on conversations and things like that in class. Unfortunately, it also taught me not to want dead air. So I tend to talk a little bit more than I should sometimes, but eh, you know. know (laughs) (laughs) And with that, to Chris now, what was your next question? Uh oh, he froze. See, I use classes when I can't think of an answer. I just do like my camera froze. (laughs) (laughs) And then do a screenshot and leave it there. Oh, I feel I, like I feel like for these kinds of sessions, you know, the, the, the trick of some wrinkly paper <laughs> you're breaking up. I, we need that kind of we need that as a visual uh, tool. Oh, uh, bad Internet. I, uh, I, Ooh, yes, is this the yes. thing on? Uh, you know, whatever to, to cover for, for those for those moments in this. All right. So back to, world. back to serious. OK. How do we put our humor like so we've been talking about being a presenter in a classroom, right? And how that you are the presenter on the stage and you're the entertainer and you're helping people. You're transferring this knowledge into their heads. 
how can we figure out how to transfer humor into e-learning? Have you ever had an opportunity to mm. attempt something like that? Like, because I mean, automated learning stuff is super popular, has been for, you know, 25, 30 years in one, one form or another. Right. And so people try to be funny in that, in those instances, but writing humor is almost, it's levels and levels higher and more complicated than just being funny in the moment when a funny moment occurs. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it is, it's very different. And, uh, and it's an area that I pull back my humor a lot in, in the e-learning. I just, I, I let a little bit of it goes through with the voice and the way I say things and, and all that, but not as much of it as scripted humor. And I think that's a shame. It's an area that I need to develop more. Um, with the virtual learning, I don't have any problem translating the humor to it because it's once right. again, it's live and, and you got this huge area to work in, you know, you got this big space that if you were a mime, you'd feel like you had everything in the world. So you got this whole space to work in with the e-learning. It's a little bit more removed. And, and so I'm still trying to work on how to develop that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm using the tools, right? I mean, using like like scrolling pages, like if you've got a responsive design versus clicking the next button, how you might script something funny as somebody scrolls through your content, I think would be a little bit different than if you had it just all appear on the page in a PowerPoint style and they had to click the next button to get to the punchline or something like that, right? It's yeah, like, that'd be an interesting one. Mechanical parts of, of the e-learning part. That could be a really fun area to work on more and, and to focus on ways to make, to create the template at least where the template allows you to have the humor there, but the, the content is all still important, serious, yeah. good stuff. Mm-hmm. And Jan, does any humor translate to an international audience, which I think oh, is an God. interesting question. <laughs> that is a hard one. I, oh gosh, I spoke at a, an international conference in Tokyo and everybody had the headphones on, you know, because at the back of the room, they had the glass booth with everybody, all the translators. I'm from Louisiana. I say things like y'all and <laughs> dead gum it. And so I was up there saying these things and it totally throws your timing off because I would say what I thought was a hilarious line and the crickets. And then a couple of seconds later, everybody would laugh. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's, it's just that lag. And they're explaining it. How does um, how does that gum translate into Korean? I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I did confuse them terribly. They translated a couple of my books into Chinese and Japanese, and and the people who did it were like, you know, what does this mean? <laughs> I was having to explain all kinds of terms. <laughs> it's um, I mean, humor is uh, is so contextual, and part of that is the you know the the culture where that can even come down sometimes to, to localization. Um, something from Louisiana might not be readily apparently funny to someone, you know, uh, even, you know, in another place, if there are cultural references that are very, very, um, are, that are very, very localized. But um, I mean, a couple of neat uh, ideas thrown in back to the e-learning. Um, Eric was noting like putting in subtle references um, like 1313 Mockingbird Lane or um, or employee names, I leaned over, um, oh. little, little, little bits of things like that. Yeah. yeah which are, are and in Easter eggs, Kalina has thrown in Easter eggs work well in, in e-learning. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, David's, David's pulled this one level even further. With some e-learning, you have a very consistent format, hence a limited range of expectations. The humor would come in subverting those expectations. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I like that yeah. idea. Sometimes just the unexpected is the humor for us. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the the root of a lot of, of stand-up comedy, right? Set something up and then. Uh, the unexpected is what actually, you know, is the funny uh, piece of it. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. neat. Yeah, but lots of little little things. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, if it comes to e-learning, sometimes the goal is to simply get it out there, have it understood and 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 uh, and short and sweet or, or whatever. So there may not be an opportunity for um, for for humor. We did a project once uh, this just popped into my brain. We did a project once for a group and it was sort of um. Uh, it was a retail related training um, and what we did was they wanted it um, they wanted something animated cartoony um, and so so even even and I was I was writing that one and even going through storyboards and stuff people were like well I don't get that joke and, and you're dealing with you're dealing with two subject matter experts and you're trying to so so uh, one of the things because we had a limited budget, uh, we couldn't, they, they wanted five kind of different things and, and stuff. And, and we were like, well, we, your budget doesn't include, um, you know, getting 20 characters done, ready to be animated, you know, at a professional level. So we had two characters made and then we put them in different costumes as if they were characters and, and kind of pitched it as it was, it was like, like, uh, like the cast of Saturday Night Live, right? Like these were different sketches, right? But oh, it was wow. the same, you know, so one time the guy would have like a, a, a like, and so we kind of, that way we were able to cheat on the animation budget. But the, the, the writing of these sketches, which were supposed to be funny and, and cultural and, and the, you know, just even some of the references, uh, you know, uh, one was, uh, one of the skits was a fake soap opera and, so there had to be an evil twin, but the, you know, the subject matter experts weren't, I mean, not that I'm a soap opera expert, but come on, that's like one of the, two, that, that in a coma, right? Yeah, like, there there, you are, go. There, are, oh, are there two other soap yeah. opera, yeah, two other soap opera storylines, you know, or whatever <laughs> that are more classic and easy to be satirical about and such. So, so even where they wanted something funny, we're writing things and, and they're going, well, that's not, funny and i'm like no it's funny it's funny trust me it's funny <laughs> you know? so funny. i know funny you're this is funny you know some of those things too subtle i remember one we did with it where we had kind of like cartoon characters but they weren't really funny cartoon characters mm. uh and and one of these things that we were doing and um the cool thing we did with that was we hid humor in the background we mm. had little things back there with, that it wasn't even part of anything it was just little things in the background that people would go wait is that such and such <laughs> nice. and it made it funny so, yeah. hey, sometimes we have to be subtle, but we can still have some fun with it. I used to practice tripping onto the stage when I would do the when I would when I would MC the e-learning guild events. When we would do the audio checks, I, I would always look at the steps leading up to the stage, and I would always just kind of eyeball where which one do I sort of fake kick and feel like I've tripped as I'm getting up these stairs, so I do it safely. And I think I only used it once because I just figured if I looked out in the audience and it just looked like this was going to be a troublesome bunch <laughs> or a very tired bunch, right? It's Friday morning. Everybody's exhausted, you know, and they just look dead in the eyes. 
you know, it, like just silly little things like that. That is that moment of now every, everybody's like, what, what just happened? And the people that weren't paying attention are now kind of dialed in. The people that were watching are like, oh, and concerned. And, you know, so you, you finally sort of get a, a focus on the stage and everybody looks at you, but you can only use that kind of stuff, you know, once or twice. And then people sort of get the, they get the gag. It, yeah. you, at a certain point, you Jennifer Lawrence did by tripping up the stairs twice <laughs> on different Many shows. Times, yeah, you just can't do it. And you yeah, that it seems a little, yeah. a little tricky. So, <laughs> so well, Laurie and, and Kalina have thrown uh, parallel ideas. Laurie said, for internal training, our designers base some of the illustrated characters after their department or C-level leadership, and everyone loves it. So oh, it, yes. that's a that's a place where where you can you know uh, yeah have a little fun collectively. And um, uh, and Kalina then uh, chimed in as well. I work organization inside jokes and pop culture references into my imagery, and sometimes the narrative uh, too. They aren't big things since I mainly build compliance courses, but there's little nods here and there. So. And that's so great because it makes everybody feel like they're part. They oh they get the inside joke. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Talk about a way to build camaraderie between yeah. folks. I love it. Yeah. And it's um, as long as those those personalities <laughs> to have, have the spirit of, 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 of fun about mm -hmm. it. It's also yes. yeah, it's a, it's a, a way of building camaraderie. It's a way of, uh, you know, reinforcing. And it's an implicit sort of messaging about your your corporate culture, too, then that we we can do these kinds of things. And we're, yes. we're humans and so we can laugh at ourselves. We can, you know, that, mm -hmm. yeah. I failed at that. And this covers two of the areas we've talked about, cultural insensitivities and oh. uh, and turning uh, into cartoons. We were doing a cartoony sort of um, uh, training. And one of the things was gowning up. You had to put on all these different outfits. And so I sketched out a uh, representation of the department head in a dress and high heels. And then uh, it was not, I was too young to actually at the time understand uh, he was from India and that that would be seen as exceptionally offensive and inappropriate. And so that had to be brought to my attention. So we had to very quickly sketch up a new version of the head of the department. <laughs> Those are the lessons we learn from, you know, and, and mm. the fact that you could share them with other people. Isn't that the special thing that we can do for, <laughs> so they don't have to go through it firsthand? Yeah. I, uh, in my, my pre-e-learning career um, in journalism and the, the company had a, did an annual, like four times a year, there was an internal newsletter printed and, and sent around. Um, and so the Christmas episode was assigned to me, the Christmas version was assigned to me to fill it full of Christmassy things and company profiles and stuff. And I just, I, I, I wrote a version of the night before Christmas in which the president of the company fell asleep in the office. And then of course, wakes up to discover Santa, et cetera. And so, so it, they, they put it in and they ran it and everything. And then the, the manager that I was working with said, Oh, Bob, Bob thought that was so funny that he thought that was great. And I'm like, Oh, good. I mean, we didn't run it by him. Um, he, he thought nobody knew about his narcolepsy. <laughs> and and he actually has had narcolepsy and would uh would fall asleep sometimes and so the the admin team you know you know were aware of this it wasn't just you know medical condition etc but i had not a clue not a clue wow. <laughs> and wow. i'm like oh well then i'm glad he found it funny because it never <laughs> occurred to me that this would be something that wow. anyway so 
haven't uh, had that one happen yet. You never know, right? And that's, I guess that <laughs> what you mentioned earlier, this kind of takes us full circle, Chris, back around to the risk, right? And that, you know, being funny does take a little level of risk. There's, there's always a little bit of fear involved if you're trying to use it for the first time. If you're attempting it, there's, a, there's always going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, hesitation. Sometimes it's just a lot easier to step back and play it straight throughout the whole training because, you, you know, you're tired maybe. It's been a long day. Maybe you've been traveling around to different training locations and you've delivered the same training over and over and over again. And, you know, you just kind of want to, you know, get through it. But I think it's important that we try to think of each audience as extremely unique. Boy, isn't that the truth? Because you can use humor in one and they get it. And the next day, use the same humor and no. Uh -uh. Mm. It's, you know, it's a totally different thing. And I think the thing is, even if you're not out and out trying to be funny, using humor out, if you create that atmosphere where people aren't afraid to say funny things or to be a little mm. bit lighthearted about it, you're going ahead and creating that atmosphere so you don't even have to be funny. Other people are going to say little things that are going to be comfortable and fun, and then you just keep it in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, uh, David's pointing out self self-deprecating humor feels safer. And yeah. So if you're, then you're not, you're not, nobody else feels at risk, et cetera. Um, yeah. You're on yourself. So yeah. Like, you know, uh-huh. And yeah. I pick on myself a lot, you know, I got lots to pick on. I can't help it. So, so it works for me. And, and I know that they, for a lot of people, they say with trainers, oh, you should never use self-deprecating humor. I don't think there's any such thing as nevers in training. I believe that, you know, you work with the tools you've got and you keep building on it, you know, and and as you go through life, you have more and more tools. Mm -hmm. I do believe there are a few nevers, but we don't have to go into that list. Oh, OK. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just that we get so, so stuck in the idea of what a trainer is supposed to be. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a shame, you know, because we ought to be creating our own our own version of this as we go on. Yeah, yeah. I think of um, the advice that uh, you know, I read early on about, you know, narration, that if you, you, you know, speak with a smile in your voice, people can hear that even just in an audio. Um, and then so now we're in this virtual world. And even if you just have a smile as a starting place, um, mm -hmm. you know, turn your frown upside down. But, uh, you know, people have that implicit reaction, whether it's officially humorous uh, or not, but it certainly helps set a um, another stage for for success, I would say, in this, you know, making people feel comfortable, not feeling yeah. pushed upon or, or, or annoyed, perhaps by the. Yes, yeah. yes. And you're going to get those people like now in the virtual world who are not comfortable mm. on camera. They don't like it. And you have to work with them as gently as possible. And, and for those, sometimes I'll just use the thing of just turn the camera on for a second as, as we do introductions, you know, mm. and, and let's use that. And once you get them talking. And they forget that they're on camera, it just kind of builds in and they get become more comfortable with it. And that's gonna be the case with a lot of the folks that we're dealing with right now, who, you know, I knew everything there was because I had a Skype call back in 1999. Uh, you know, we're really having to to retrain them on these things. And and uh, and so we gotta make it comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I I love being able to do that. I love having the, the slides at the beginning when people are coming in the room and they're just playing with the slides and they're making marks and stuff like that. It's it's a great way to get them comfortable with the tools at the same time as starting to get them to feel that this is going to be a, a little bit irreverent in, in some ways in this class. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, oh, Eric's got a, 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 a little story here. A past client gave me a telescoping pointer as a gift. I started a session using my old boss gave me a pointer, wordplay, and then pulled it out. It took people a minute. I like I that. That's like, yeah. yeah. That, my opening line on, I got to bring this one up. My opening line on a cruise ship when I was doing comedy. Anybody here from out of town? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went over well too. So yes, that's why I left comedy. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was oh, that and Trisha's pointing out music can set a good tone before a session too. And I mean, music's something that we use here on Idiotic for I, sure. I know, I know. So it's probably a good place for us to think about cueing the music. Possibly, yes. But you know what? I do have just one more question. If you don't mind me pausing before I do the music. It, sure, do, I'm already dancing. Do you do workshops on this kind of stuff? Do you teach people mm. how to be funny in their training? Yes, I do. I do some train the trainers with this in there. And uh, and I find that it's a, a really great workshop to do because we have so much fun during it. Mm. People start realizing what they can do in their own classes. And so I think that's part of what we really need to do is just get permission. And have, have you ever found anybody in the class that was adamant that they weren't funny and by the end of the class they felt confident and yes. that they could cool. be funny? Yes, Yes, I have. And the funny thing was, with some of those, it ended up being the ones who played the straight character and used that <laughs> as their humor. So it worked out really well for them because they could sit there and be just serious, but it came across, they might have something on a slide that was kind of silly or something, or they might throw a question out that they were able to throw it out seriously, but the people realized it was a, it was a joke type question. It, it was fun to watch that. It's so cool to see people transform like that. Mm -hmm. yeah very cool awesome awesome uh, that's what i was hoping for because i know i've i've seen that kind of stuff happen in other types of classes when you watch people transform as a trainer that's very very cool it's very oh, satisfying it? so i can only imagine in a in teaching a humor workshop it, it's got to be uh it's got to be very rewarding for you it's but, there's rubber chickens involved so you know it's a good workshop oh yes very cool. Um, so so on, on that note, though, throw in your contact details and, and the information where people can find you if they want to connect All with you right. in the social media world. Yes, Christy Atwood. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and put this in the chat. Yep. So Toss that in. have that in there. There's just my email. Please, I'm a lonely person. Contact oh. me. I like talking to people. <laughs> uh, and this pandemic has been murder for me. People don't even want to get on Zoom calls with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, from this side of the screen, this has been an absolute joy, Christy. It's been fabulous to have a conversation about this. Um, and, uh, and, and we're, we're going to find a reason to bring you back for sure. We'll have to find <laughs> some other, some other fun topic. To, to, I'll make to up something else together. I know about. I, yeah, I can there do we that. Go. I've read 14 books. I have stuff. <laughs> yeah, you've got so many great experiences. We'll, we'll have no trouble finding another topic. So we'll definitely bring you back. Very cool. <laughs> All right. Let's dance out of here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we got another great one coming up next week, everybody. So don't forget to put this stuff on your calendar Wednesday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. Time to dance. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. all day. <laughs>